1: There was a little bar in Mill Valley where all the Starfleet trainees used to go. The 602 Club. You know it. (laughs) I was there more times than I can remember. My name is Oliver Queen. After five years in hell, I returned home with only one goal. To save my city.
0: But my old approach wasn't enough. I had to become someone else. I had to become something else. I had to become the Green Arrow. Welcome everyone to the Arrow Cave. I mean, welcome everybody to the 602 Club. Uh, I'm so excited to be here. I just, I love it when we talk uh, the DCV TV shows. I just kind of geek out and um, I'm really excited to be back in Arrow. Um, It's, I just feel like... I don't know. It's just been a long time since so we talked through one of these shows. And uh, to do this, I have with me uh, a fellow arrow expert, uh, <laughs> Alice Baker. It's so. I mean, it's been too long since you've been in the six hundred two club.
1: It has been a very long time. I am. I am looking forward to bellying up to the bar, to be honest. And it's. It has been a big um, break between the last time that we talked about arrow. So it was. It was interesting for me to. And you rewatched it. I watched it for the first time, so it was interesting mm-hmm. for me to go back and sort of get caught up uh, with what's you know going on. Yeah, I absolutely. I'm I'm
0: I'm excited uh, to to do this, and it was an uh, interesting thing. It always is fun for me. Uh, I would say to rewatch these shows. I feel like they are kind of made for rewatching because there's always so much that happens. Right, it's uh, so hard to
1: keep track. yeah.
0: absolutely, absolutely. Um, In fact, my wife and I were talking about that the other day because um, we have a good friend of ours who just started watching the shows, and she's been kind of going back and forth with Arrow and and, uh, Flash, and we were talking about just how much has happened. We were like, wow, Flash is in season, only just had season three, but there's so much that's happened in that show. We were like, we can't believe it's only been three seasons. Mm. Um, And Arrow is a lot like that too. Uh, Every time I I start to think about what's happened in the show, it's just incredible. Um, And part of that, it, it... I really feel like they just mimic comic books, you know, in the end, Um, you know, uh, when you look at like a 12 issue arc for a comic book, most of the time, tons of stuff has happened because each issue has to be jam packed to kind of keep you wanting to go. Uh, And they do that on on the TV show. And I think uh, for the most part, it works well. So um, I'm really excited to dive in and we're going to talk. Flash later this uh this summer and legends of tomorrow. So we'll have covered all the shows and then what's really cool, if you've never liked got into any of these shows, Netflix is doing a great job now. CW just signed a deal with them so right. that each of their shows, when they they uh, end about two weeks later, they end up on Netflix. So season five is already there. Uh so which is I, I would say season five, I'll just spoil it for you takes Arrow and and puts it back at the pinnacle of the DC TV shows, I think. So, um, yeah, Uh, and mainly that's because it's their fifth year and they're wrapping up the whole story uh, in the sense of the flashbacks, uh, the island, all that stuff. They're really paying homage to doing this show for five years. And so... Go check it out. Uh, while you're online, you're going to want to check out the Trek FM network. Uh, we're on Apple Podcasts there. We're a feature provider. Make sure, give us a star rating review on the 602 Club. really helps out the show and, and really appreciate everybody who uh, has been doing that recently and, and just helping the show grow. Uh, honestly, we've uh, had huge months recently, and that's just because people have been listening, sharing the show, talking about the show. It's great. I really appreciate it. Uh, we're on Twitter, Trek FM, Facebook at facebook.com slash Trek FM. If you want to send us an email, go to trek.fm slash contact, choose a show, choose the 602 Club, and that'll come to me and any host who's on with me that week. And uh, if you want more discussion uh, about anything we talk about on Trek FM or just the 602 Club, go to our uh, listeners-only discussion group. That is the Babel Conference on Facebook. Um, and if you're on Facebook, just type Babel into the search field and you'll find it. Uh, if you're on our website, go to trek.fm. Any of the menu bars there, there, you'll see discussion and that'll also bring you to the group and so alice yes so you hadn't watched this season before uh Correct. and i've rewatched it now and so what was just kind of the general impression you know the last season you had seen was Raja Ghoul, league of assassins all of that stuff and now we're into well a really different type of villain uh what were you just kind of your general impressions before we really start diving in of season four?
1: So for season four, for me, uh, I, I will be honest, I struggled for a little bit, but where I thought it shined was uh, the the magical villain, as you've coined him. Um, it, it, that actor is so strong in that role that it's really hard not to be taken in by him. And I, I feel like his storyline and uh, Damien Dark storyline uh, and what he brought to the table in terms of a solid season villain was stronger for me uh than season three with with Raza Ghul um but there were other areas in terms of the relationship drama uh that that I struggled with uh, with a lot more in this season than I had previous seasons so it was a mixed bag it sort of fell out um I will say that it probably fell out currently because I haven't rewatched it yet. Maybe I'd like it more on a rewatch now that I know what to expect. Uh, but currently, it, it's my least favorite season so far.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I didn't um, hate it, but it wasn't. No, it definitely that,
1: wasn't my fave.
0: No, I, absolutely. You know, I think that is one of the things about. Uh, these these shows specifically, and, and kind of any show as it continues. Like, they're always trying to find new ways to do things and, and to kind of surprise you. I definitely think, you know, and I think back the first time, season four is a surprise because it is a huge departure from anything else that they had tried on Arrow. Uh, but I think it also is a nice leap from what you got with League of Assassins I mean, you brought in something like the Lazarus Pit. You've opened the door for there to be a mystical realm. Uh, and the fact that they just kind of took the bull by the horns and went for it, I, I really give them credit for. Um, how well it works, we'll definitely talk about in the, in, in the show. But I, I think you're absolutely right. I, and I would call out, I think Damien Dark is the strongest part of of this season in the sense that he brings a vitality to the villain role, And part of that is just because he loves. Heck, let's just talk about Damien Dark first, uh, you know. Um, I think Neil McDonough brings such a glint in his eye. He doesn't care how evil he is. He totally believes in his magical Bond villain plan of ending the world. Um, You know, uh, he has an evil wife to boot who's just as evil as he is. I mean, like... There's the this guy he, he embodies what he is, which is the villain, with with no um he's not winking at the camera or any of that. Like he just he's the bad guy. And that's what he is. Um but he totally believes in his righteous cause or what he thinks is the righteous cause for the world. And I think that makes it a really strong villain. Um and it, it just gives He's just magnetic on screen.
1: He is. I I agree with you 100% on that magnanimousness, whatever, however you would change that into an adjective. Um, And it's interesting to me because there's a certain aspect to what's happening with the superhero stories where they really sort of want the villains to be more complex and they want you to sometimes sympathize with them and have their um, personas be you know, deeper, richer, you know, perhaps not so pure evil. And they, they do that a little bit with Damien Dark's character. He does have a daughter, for example. Um, and there are a few moments where he's kind of sort of nice. But for the most part, he's just full bore on bad dude. Um, so he's, he's very, um, not super one-dimensional, but I think he's more one-dimensional than the other villains uh, for this show have been in the past. And and it worked for me, which is not something I would normally say. I think. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I I think I think what it is is because they give him a sincerity uh, to his belief about what he's doing and who he is, and all of this. You know, again, there's never that almost like Bond villain winking at the camera. Right. You know, he truly believes. Uh, like you know, somebody like I'm, I'm thinking specifically of of. Um, the Bond villain from Moonraker who is going to destroy the world and he's created the space station to, you know, save the world. Uh, And here they've put an underground, what they call an arc. (laughs) Uh, Right. Which kind of looks like
1: under the dome. When I first saw it, I was like, did they just under the dome that? (laughs) Yes, they, yeah, absolutely.
0: And so, uh, but the fact that, There's never a moment where he doesn't believe it. And I think that was what was so cool about actually giving him the daughter and everything. Because it shows that for him, this is the right course of action. You know, it's totally evil. And he has no problem killing everybody for the few that he thinks are worthy. Uh, But, you know of course he's going to have a family because he wants to propagate his ideas, you know, and everything. And so it just, it added legitimacy to it instead of, like, making you feel for him in that way where you're like, oh, maybe he's kind of good, you know? Like, no, it just, it, it reinforced the fact that he is kind of pure evil and uh, his ideas and, and what they stand for. And I, I'm absolutely with you. Like, sometimes, like, I think we can all admit, like, Hitler's pure evil, Right. Uh yeah, you know, like no, he, nobody's the go-to. Yeah, he's the go-to. Right. <laughs> and and they kind of create that, I think, in Damien <laughs> Dark, where he is a villain who just legitimately exudes this belief that his way and what he's planning is right. And I think that's, you know, that's one of the reasons that these heroes exist because there are those people that are kind of larger than life that we need a larger than life hero to stop.
1: Right. And if you put him up against, you know, Merlin, for example, you know, who, who's constantly all over the place, <laughs> it's just such a, a stark difference. And the, 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 which, again, I feel weird saying, but it was it was kind of nice to have that um, puritanical evilness <laughs> for them to work against. Well,
0: and, and it's interesting, too, because, um, you know, when you think of like season three, the league has specific rules ...about how it does things. And this was interesting. I was watching the extras and they were talking about how... ...obviously Damien Dark had been a part of the League of Assassins... ...and he was too radical for them... ...so he started his own group to do what he thought was necessary... ...to quote-unquote save the world... Um, by destroying it. And so I thought that was such a great... Again, I felt like this season did a good job of building on what they had given us in Season 3 to move it to Season 4, especially just villain-wise. And um that's one of the fun things, I think, again, that makes these shows so rewatchable is that, you know, if you start at the beginning and you kind of move forward, you see all the ways in which they, you know, they'll pull the connection from that season and put it into this season, and it feels very organic, whereas you know... Plenty of times they're just placing things out there that they'll use maybe later on, or maybe they won't. But, you know, uh, it gives them a lot of different threads to pull on later on. For sure. And, uh, you know, I'm glad they pulled on this one because, you know, they had mentioned Damien Dark in season three. Man, Neil McDonough, he, he had me since um, he was in Star Trek First Contact uh, as Lieutenant Hawk. Uh, he was also, of course, in Band of Brothers. He's fantastic in that. And yeah. the guy is. Pretty uh, much everybody's I mean,
1: fantastic in that. <laughs> That's, that's just a fantastic show. <laughs>
0: that is so true. I mean, is, there is nobody who's not good in Band of Brothers. Um, yeah. Mm, now you got me thinking about Banner Brothers. Banner Brothers.
1: I know it's it, for anyone who hasn't seen it, it. It really, for me is something that I will, will absolutely recommend with no reservations.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, me too. I, I mean, if you haven't seen it, it's, it's, it's one of the best things ever produced about war. Um, and it's, it's just, it's so very good, uh, to watch what, you know, um, the coined greatest generation went through. So, but anyway, um, we yes, Madonna, <laughs> yeah, is, is wonderful. And I think he, uh, part of it too, is a, one of the things I, I noticed that this season tried to do from the very beginning and, I, you know, obviously season three ends with Oliver and Felicity kind of riding off into the sunset, very hopeful, very optimistic, And the season kind of um, tends towards that as Oliver's trying to grow past, you know, his murderous past. Um, And I, I honestly thought that Dark was kind of part of that in the sense that, you know, he is a villain who loves to make a joke. You know, he loves to make everything a joke and a pun, and you know, he's I, very I felt sarcastic. Like, yes, yes, and I actually kind of felt like he was kind of part of their plan to allow the show to have a little less darkness to it as Oliver kind of moves towards that trajectory, uh, you know, of light as he becomes the Green Arrow. So.
1: Right, right. I yeah, I I struggled with that scene i will say right off the bat i it did it did make me worry just a little bit because you know there's the big announcement right that he's now going to be known by the name we all know him by finally he's going to be the green arrow and that scene unfortunately felt really flat to me um i don't know i was just like couldn't we have done it something different it just felt so meh rewatching
0: it it's not the best scene part of it is that they give him this speech that he has to do and i don't feel like it feels as organic as something else that they could have done in some way to kind of introduce him yeah it it feels just kind of like media savvy driven thing and it doesn't come off as like that superhero moment where they are finally unveiled as I'm the green arrow, I'm Superman, you know, I'm all, you know, it just didn't, I I agree with you, it doesn't have kind of the gravitas that you want with that moment when Oliver says, I'm the green Green arrow. Arrow. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And I think you, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head with saying it's because it's wrapped up in the speech. If it had been a more personal thing and then it somehow gets leaked out or something like that, I don't know, but you're right. It's because he's giving this sort of pompous um, speech. Yeah. Well, and it would have been, I mean, it seems like why
0: not do a thing where Oliver, as the Green Arrow, comes out and announces himself after doing something heroic to maybe the TV cameras or whatever that are there and then kind of like zips away, you know, like I'm I'm new in town, I'm the Green Arrow, you know, that I kind know. of thing, Um, and so... I just I feel like something like that would have just helped it, because the speech works better at the end of the series where it's just Oliver giving the speech in front of all the townspeople
1: with the cities going nuts. Um, you hate that scene? I hated that scene. the 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 The, the season really falls apart for me at the end. But with that, we're getting way ahead of ourselves here. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I just, I felt like that worked better than the the forced scene of him with...
1: Sort of like, wrapped up in the mayoral yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah,
0: so, yeah. Um, so one of the things, uh, kind of going back to the beginning, one of the things about this episode that's really interesting is it begins and ends with Oliver and Felicity.
1: Yeah, they really bookend it.
0: Uh, right, and it also... Begins and ends in the suburbs, too, which is very interesting. And this whole season really puts both of these characters, I think, through the ringer. I mean, Oliver finds out he's a dad. Felicity's dad comes back into her life. Uh, You know, Oliver's trying to recover his humanity from his darkness. Uh, In a lot of ways, Felicity is struggling with the person that she's become, the one she thought she might not become in the past of so she's struggling with that. So it was interesting to kind of watch that these two characters are actually kind of mirrors for each other because they're struggling through a lot of this a lot of similar things. They go from being in a relationship to being almost engaged to being, you know, or I guess they were engaged. and then by the end, they're still standing together even though they're not together but they're still united with this thing known as you know the green arrow and i thought you know for all that blah 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 that happens between them i thought that was that was the probably character wise for the, the our main characters that was probably the strongest thing just to watch them kind of go through as they're cuz really they're still in the throes of metamorphosis um, yeah. And they're not finished yet. And that's the that's the big thing is like, this is only part of that. And they're kind of right in the middle of the mess when we leave them in this season. You're like, oh, man.
1: Yeah, there was, a. I felt like a lot of book book ending that happened at the beginning to the end of the seasons. And as I've mentioned before, I was a huge Alistis shipper. Um, And then they got them together. And I was like, oh, I like them so much less now. And I think it was a gentleman on the Babel conference, actually, who pointed out that, He thought that that happens to a lot of shippers uh, because, you know, when you're shipping, you get to imagine what their relationship is going to be like. And then once the show actually puts them together, you're not in control anymore and it's the show deciding what they're (laughs) like together. (laughs) Uh, And apparently I didn't – what I had in my mind I liked so much better than what um, actually happens. But I I think it's always such a challenge for a show when when it becomes – uh, when, it, when it finally becomes clear who the predestined love interest for the lead is going to be because uh, then it's this together, apart, together, apart, together, apart thing. Or they have to just stick them together and forge ahead from that point on, sort of more like, I can't think of a good example, unfortunately, but, you know, like with Castle. Together, not together, together, yeah. not together, not together, not together. And then finally they were together and they, you know, forged ahead. Um, so for me, that's, I got, frankly, a little bit tired <laughs> of the together, not together, not together, not together. Um, but I agree with you that, yes, absolutely, the purpose of the characters for each other is to p- play that conscious. And um, in the past, it's always strongly been Felicity for Oliver, uh, but I think in this season you also see the reflection back more in this season, Oliver to Felicity, Um, But I you know the the fake wedding episode was definitely one of my least favorite episodes I could have lived completely without that storyline that felt so forced to me Um, and I was glad in the end uh, you know Felicity says throughout the series several times if I hear one more lie from you Oliver. And in my mind, I was like, if I hear Felicity say, if I hear one more lie from you, Oliver, again, I'm going to be really pissed. Um, So in the end, because they set it up that way, I'm glad that she essentially breaks up with him. Um, Because from a reasonable perspective from a relationship, that was a smart move on her part. So I'm glad they didn't sort of, I don't know, uh, degrade her character even more (laughs) by sort of making her stick with him when she really shouldn't have... Well, and it's
0: it at least it makes her somewhat consistent. I I get very frustrated with the Felicity character about midway through the season when she finds out that Oliver is a dad, um, and he hasn't told her. Uh, and my wife loathes the character of Felicity right now because of her inconsistency on this issue and and the way that she treats Oliver as if. Um, this is all about her. This has nothing to do with her. It's not about her and Oliver at that point. It's about Oliver and his son. And you know, and you know, as a mother, um, when it comes to your kid, it, it, it's a totally different thing. And you can't understand that until you actually have one, you know. Um, and I think Diggle even says that to, to Oliver. It's hard to understand the reality of what it means to be a parent until the moment you learn that you're a parent. And then for almost every sane person, life completely changes. Uh, and it wasn't like Oliver had this planned, and it wasn't like it was on purpose. You know, he he had no idea because of what his mother had done of keeping it hidden. Uh, he had no plan of other people finding out. Uh, it just happened, like, you know, because Flash goes back in time <laughs> and uh, finds out. You know, things like that. This is... I, I felt like Felicity was pretty unreal reasonable, especially when she hears from the mother specifically about why she made that decision, and Oliver then he doesn't he doesn't really have a choice. I don't think. And also, I feel like Oliver thinking about his own life and the danger he could put his son in, um, and wanting to protect that son. It. it it seems like a wise move to me. Uh, and so so her whole reaction to that, I, I felt like that being the thing that kind of breaks them up, it, it seemed really forced. It's like it, it needed to be something else other than that because I don't really think that that's an issue about Felicity and Oliver not trusting her. That that's That's not what this is about at all. And the fact that she can't see that, I feel like makes her a weaker character. That makes her a petty character, personally.
1: Yeah, I mean, I the the whole introduction of the son uh, th- throws a wrench in in a lot of areas. I mean, w- whether or not you as an individual can agree with the the choices the character make, I mean, you're either going to love them or hate them. I mean, I didn't in, enjoy that storyline a whole lot either. Um, but as a I mean, I, if I'm going to try and, and be the devil's advocate, you know, the straw that broke the camel's back for Felicity, you know, for, you know, she's not making good decisions either, you know, um, and people do get selfish and do all that kind of stuff. Oliver is certainly guilty of doing that as well. Um, so yeah, I can totally get how that could um piss people off uh you know another thing I never want to hear again is oh I forgot to tell you about this thing that happened on the island I mean I you know <laughs> for for another kind of a lame-ass way <laughs> to deal with the story resolution but yeah I I can I can see that with Felicity and I, I thought it was interesting that they they keep introducing these Felicity-like characters you know um Palmer was very Felicity-like in his presentation. You know, bubbly, funny, you know, happy-go-lucky. Uh, and now she's got her sidekick, um, who eventually comes into the fold of the team as well. I can't remember the character's name. Help me out. Curtis. Curtis, who's also another sort of like a mini-me Felicity. Um, and I I ultimately don't know how well that works.
0: He will play a much bigger part in Season 5 okay. as you get into it. so, um, And he will actually become... A character from the comics, so uh, uh, so that uh, that you may recognize. Um, I will not spoil it here. Um, <laughs> you know, I, the 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 interesting thing about the whole Felicity and Oliver relationship is, though, as much as I find that what happens to them in this season is a little bit frustrating and and a little bit hard to stomach, in the sense that I don't buy it character wise as much. What I do like is that these are two characters that no matter what they do, they, they have a very hard time being pulled apart when the chips are really down. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, and to make that seem realistic, that characters could have certain issues with each other, but when everything is really hitting the fan, they're going to be there for each other. I thought that was nice. And I think and I guess I'm I'm just thinking personally, I I I think we've all kind of been there, you know, in life where, you know, there's those people that it can just kind of get under our skin or they've we've had certain things happen with them, but if something really happened, neither of us would hesitate to be there for each other. Uh and I think they do that well enough to help you by the, the end of the season where they're both standing in front of, you know, the the costumes in a blown out arrow cave that's been pretty much destroyed and it's just them, you know. Um and they're not together together, but they're still standing there together, uh, and they're gonna continue this fight that they began together. And I thought that that does actually help. And and part of that I think is something you called out is we're, we are seeing them begin to mirror each other more. It's it's more balanced. And I think part of that has really been that um, she has continued to build into Oliver that you don't have to be who you were. You can be better. Uh, and he's begun to believe it. And he's begun to actually reflect that. And and he's actually been making that fight of, you know, can I recover my humanity? Can I overcome the darkness within Um through her help, but also through the team's help too, and just the people around him. And so, I, I think, I think it works enough.
1: Yeah, I read into that for myself also um, that her dedication to what's been built goes beyond him at this point as you just said the thing that they started it together um and so now she has ties to all of these under other individuals as well as to Oliver and she felt feels like she's built this team as much as anybody else um and so she's invested in it regardless of you know whether they're a thing or not
0: and that's really nice that the characters begin to have that agency you know that 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 they're just as much a part of it as Oliver is in the end you know and I think that's really cool that's one of the things I think that for the most part the DC TV shows have done a good job of doing with all the characters that they get involved is trying to make sure that they balance it enough um and that can be hard uh, I could go on a whole rant uh on Supergirl but I won't uh right now because we're not talking about Supergirl but I think arrow for the most part, does a pretty decent job of balancing the characters, but still making it feel like it's Arrow. It's, you know, it's about Oliver's story, but you feel like the other people are important too. Does that make sense?
1: Yes. Okay. It does. Okay. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. And I guess, you know, part of that too, with the story of Oliver this season is I do like that Oliver is struggling with a very big question. You know, it, can you come back from doing some really horrible things? You know, can you come back from being a person or having been a person that people would generally not consider "quote unquote" good? And how do you do that? And I think that's a, I mean, that's a pretty big human question. Uh, and yeah. I like watching him wrestle with that question. And it's not easy. That's, I mean. As silly as the show can be sometimes, what I, I do like is that they don't make it easy. There's never an easy answer. There's never an easy button for these characters. They have to struggle through it like the rest of us do.
1: I don't know. I feel like they they need to figure out how to augment that more for me. Because in the end, you know, for me, he's struggling with it. Uh, he's struggling with it you know it's one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter right so all of these characters um, it, it, at this point all of them have done things in their past that w- were not so awesome you know obviously Oliver the most but um, it, it, and for me then at the end we dissolve into a again for me kind of a, a, a lame-ass street riot um, scene with Oliver giving a really lame ass St. Crispin Day speech on top of a car that dissolves into a fist fight, and I thought to myself, "Gosh, really?" So he's he's struggling with his humanity and how we're going to end this season. Until of course he cleans up and is going to go on to become the mayor uh, with this really kind of no holds bar fist fight with Damien Torg. I don't know. I just I wasn't feeling it. I was just like, ugh. That's really not where I would have wanted this to go. I'm not, not sure where I wanted it to go, but not there.
0: <laughs> one, of the, one of the things I think um, that I found interesting about the season in that is, is, and part of this is knowing what comes in season five, but that that question does continue to get picked up. And I think by the time season six rolls around, season five will kind of have fully put that to bed, hopefully. And the, it, it's almost as if that's been kind of the trajectory of the first five seasons. You know, that whole process, because we've also been doing the island flashbacks and everything. After that, we're not going to have flashbacks anymore because there aren't any more. Uh, you know, cu- the timeline has, yeah, the, time, the timeline has exactly. caught up. Yeah. Um, and so I think that they, they truly are trying to make that fresh start. And four, has, it, it was about building towards five, which is about building towards a new completely kind of new beginning for the whole thing and so um this is still at that point where it's not quite there um you know i I didn't have a problem with the street fight uh and part of it was i think the lesson kind of became for oliver that and maybe this maybe uh, maybe people won't like this but that there are some people that are too dangerous to be kept alive uh it, it that at all costs we it's kind of like um more of what you I picture wonder woman uh her uh sensibility is she doesn't have a problem killing people if it's necessary but it has to be absolutely necessary uh and i feel like oliver kind of came to that decision this season
1: really cuz i i feel i feel like this is kind of a tired storyline here i mean you know uh, with Slade, with, with Ra's al Ghul, with, I mean, there are so many examples, uh, of that, you know, the evil that's too evil to let stand. Well, Slade um,
0: is, remember Slade is just ends up on the island in prison. Yeah, true. Huh. But, and so, um, and then of course Ra's al Ghul, it is, I mean, it's Ra's al Ghul is a fight to death, you know, uh, that's kind of part of the ritual of the League of Assassins. So I don't really necessarily count that one. Um, I feel like this season and season four, Oliver wants to find a way to take care of, you know, Damien Dark without killing him. Like, that's that's the whole goal of the season for him. And then it seemed to me in that last episode that he ma- comes to the realization that there there are going to be some times when that is the solution. in In, in the same way that, like, there are some times when war is unavoidable.
1: You
0: know, sure, he, he,
1: sure. I mean, if you're going to be real about life, y- yes, we're not going to save the world through breastfeeding, right? I mean, and plus, <laughs> <laughs> and plus. Oh man, we love we love fighting in our culture. We really love fighting, right? I mean, we we don't love breastfeeding, but we love fighting, and we would we enjoy watching people fight and having that be the thing that that people have to do in the end um so you're right and and, and maybe it's just because it's it's such a common theme in so many other stories that i've read um I, so i that i just it wasn't enough oomph for me in the end you know, half have felicity say no you've got to kill him and you know the the mom you got to kill him and all of these other people telling him like no no this is what you've got to do I feel like I've seen that scene so many times and so many other things that I, there wasn't, they didn't give me enough to, eh, give it enough oomph for me to like really buy into it in the end is this glorious season ending moment for for, for Oliver. I don't know. I just, it just, I just watched it and went, eh,
0: I don't know. And I can, I can agree with you in the sense that like obviously, um, and I think part of it is that you know when you said we love the fighting, um I think we there's something about us as human beings we we like to see justice done, you know, and there is a sense of justice of having the guy who just you know tried to destroy the world with nuclear annihilation die, you know sure, and so I think you know they're obviously playing out that, and I can understand that it it. It's not as unique as some of their other seasons, I think. I mean, the whole looters,
1: yeah. The looters are out on the street, and then he gives the big speech on the car, and then suddenly they're Mm. taking their street things and beating up the bad guys (laughs) who have the tactical weaponry and everything. You know what I mean? Like, they're just, it wasn't well thought out enough for me to have it really happen. Yeah, that part is
0: is a little bit cheesy, and I think um, that is something that. when you are looking to inject um, the the tag words, hope and optimism into things, it needs to be done well. And I, I, I can agree with you that this is not quite um, the highlight of what you would put on a highlight reel of how to do hope and optimism the best. Uh, I did like that um, the moment at the very end when it's he's facing down, and he's finding the way to break the power of dark with the hope of the city that they have in him. Like He's finally become, and it it became a very Batman uh, moment from The Dark Knight Rises where he's in the light. He is fighting alongside the city, the police force. He has become that thing that's inspired and not brought fear but hope. Uh, and I felt like Arrow kind of did at that same kind of moment where the city finally believes in him as the hero, not the vigilante, and th- I think that's what they're going for, whether it works it's
1: it's not
0: as good as it could have been, um, yeah,
1: not for me, but
0: i I still I still enjoyed it enough, especially since like Dark was so bad he was willing to like have his own daughter die too. like I was like, that dude just.
1: Yeah, no, he yeah, did he, really. He they went for pure evil with him for sure, for sure. <laughs> and he played the pure evil really well. I did make me. I don't know why why it jarred my memory, but it in terms of the book ending. I mean, because it's it's at the end now, and I'm remembering the beginning. But you know, at the beginning, it's Felicity and Oliver leaving everybody else, and in the end, it's Felicity and Oliver by themselves, and everybody else have left. You know, so yet another way that they sort of bookend ended oh absolutely yeah
0: and i think i think um for all that we, we you know we're talking about and batting back and forth i think that the one thing i do appreciate for the most part i think that's that's good writing you know you're paying attention to what you were doing before and you're trying to create a good narrative structure uh and that creates a very interesting and well thought out structure which makes for an enjoyable rewatch because you begin to pick up more of those cues as you watch through, and I think that's a nice that's a nice thing that that happens in these DC TV shows. Whew. Well, okay, enough Oliver and Felicity. Um, because <laughs> the team had a lot of uh, s happen to them this season, and I do mean a just a lot of s. Um, <laughs> yeah. Whew. Um, so Sarah returns from the dead. What did you think about that?
1: Yeah, I. So it's interesting, you know. If, one of the things I kind of liked about Arrow at the beginning was sort of this uh, original commitment to, to have the show be, I'm going to air quote, real. And so people, you know, the the sonic shout wasn't going to be a, a gift or anything. It was going to be an electronically enhanced thing. So, you know, all the stuff on the show was going to work that way. In this season, when they really strongly introduce all of the magic, um, even more so than last season... I, I really kind of have a love-hate relationship with it. So, you know, for me, this death has become truly meaningless in some ways, you know. Uh, be there through the Lazarus pit, which is no more anyway, at least. So they're not bringing anybody back that way. But with the introduction of Constantine and other earth magics and whatnot, it really kind of messes with that original theme for me. And I wasn't, I, I didn't, it didn't get 100% buy-in from me. But yeah, that was a bit a bit wacky, and I could you're going to know this, which I didn't know. Where does that fit in her timeline with 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 tomorrow? So um, with legends, Sarah
0: comes back, uh, and obviously Constantine. Which God, I loved having him back as Constantine. He's so good. He's so good character. at that role. Me too. I was yes, like, oh, I wish that absolutely. show would have been better because he was yes, so good. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and I feel like you know Constantine would have become a better show if they had given them the time to. Like, every show needs that, right? I mean, most shows don't start off as complete winners the moment they hit the air. So they have to find themselves, and I I think Constantine would have, uh, because I feel like it would have been kind of like a supernatural-ish type show Mm. uh, if they had let it continue, and and they just needed to give it— Anyway, whole other subject. So Sarah comes back to life. She gets her soul back. And then, of course, we have the whole thing that happens with Carter and Kendra, Uh, obviously with the Legends setup that they did with Flash, the big, huge crossover that they had for this season, um, they set that up so that the the winter of Season 4 with Arrow, Legends of Tomorrow would begin and Sarah would join them. So that's where she is in the timeline, and then she continues on in Legends of Tomorrow. So um, as per, you know, having Sarah return, I always liked the character personally uh, a lot and I enjoyed the actress and I think uh, they've, they've really done her justice and they've given her a lot of great things to do in legend. So I'm very glad that they brought her back. Um, and per the world getting a little bit crazier and a little less real, I think the moment they decided to do flash, they just kind of embraced mm. the, the zaniness of comics and, um, and I kind of like that, that they never apologize anymore on the show whatsoever about doing comic booky things. It's, it's just like, hey, this is a comic book. If you don't like it, then you don't like it. But that's what we're here for. And I, I think that's kind of smart in the end to just kind of embrace your source material and, and where you come from and not be afraid to do it. And uh, this season definitely... They tried that big time um, and some of it really works and some of it, it, you know, doesn't as much like the Legends tie in, which is okay, but it's not the best couple of episodes that they've done. But luckily, I enjoy Legends beyond that. So,
1: you know, (laughs) what did you have you seen Legends? I I have. I've seen the, the, the first season Are both seasons out on Netflix or just the first season. I think the both seasons are out now, so then i' so. i think i've seen both seasons
0: have you uh has it been one that you've enjoyed
1: um i you know like all of these shows i mean and to be honest i i feel like i'm 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 almost getting to superhero overload i'm not i'm not sure <laughs> um uh uh, but because it's not all fresh and new now, I think my perspective is 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 growing mm-hmm. to be different. Um, because it used to be like, oh my god, all of this stuff, and now it's like, oh my god, all of this stuff. So mm-hmm. I, there were aspects of it that I really, really enjoyed, and I, to me, the one of the best things about all of the DC universe shows is um, Wentworth Miller as Captain Cold. Oh my God, I love him yes, so much as he's Captain so Cold. He's, he's so, so good. good, and so he was one of the things that really made that 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 show mm-hmm. for me. And I like the White Canary, um, but then I can't remember if it's toward the end of season one or season two, but they play with her um, her polysexuality a little bit too much for me in a way that almost feels disrespectful, and that kind of left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth. But for the most part, I had fun with it.
0: No, and and I think. I'm with you I th- in the sense that that's why I'm glad they brought her back because they, they really got to, you know, they took her character. They didn't just put her back into Star City. They did something else with it, and, and I thought that was fun. Gosh, there's so much else that happens in the show. I So Nyssa is gifted to League after her husband Oliver, you know, defeats Malcolm by taking off his hand, and then she destroys the Lazarus Pit, you know, our, our you know, ready-made, hey, get out of, Death free, free card. card,
1: yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I I didn't mind that story. the The storyline, the side character storyline that I liked the least was um, Malcolm and his daughter uh mm, the ba- yeah, the back yeah. and forth there I they need to figure out what they're gonna do with that story because even as much as um Oliver and Felicity yo-yo with their relationship mm-hmm. th- it feels richer. So I don't mind it. I think kind of what you had said earlier. Um, but for me, they, they need to figure out what to do with that relationship or they need to shelve it because it is not holding my interest in any way, shape, or form.
0: Well, I can promise you that by the end of season five, it's it's taken care of. Okay. <laughs> so, um, no, I, yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that is a, a storyline that I was glad that they finally put to rest. Um, I... I it, it was getting to be a little bit frustrating. And, and part of it, too, has to do with the Malcolm character because he keeps swinging back and forth and back and forth between sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes just big D-bag. Um, you know, it, it, it just became too much, you know. Um, there's, and I love John Barrowman, it, it, but there's only so much you can do with that role and make him any kind of endearing when that keeps happening.
1: Yeah, so. and it lessens her character as well because you're just yes. like, let it go, woman. I mean, that's the most toxic father. I can think of a few others, like Faramir's dad, but, you know, one of the most toxic character father characters out there. And uh, it doesn't do her character any favors to let her sort of be okay with it or let it go on for so long.
0: Right, no, absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, uh, and and for me, I really love... Bringing Nyssa back because I love Nyssa. I really like her character. Uh, I think she's really—it's neat to have her be there because I love her otherworldliness. Like she, she has like almost this Shakespearean type of speech in the way she talks, and I love the fact that she's still in her eyes, married to Oliver. And so she thinks of her, uh, her, you know, that's her husband. Um, You know, the, and, and I love the fact that in a lot of ways, she's become somebody that will help the team arrow. I really want Nissa to come back in a later season and become some kind of hero somehow, because Mm -hmm. I just think it would be really cool to have her around more. And part of that is Katrina law. I like her as an actress and I think she brings a lot to the role and she brings a lot to the team and the relationships she's had with these people. And so that whole storyline, I, I kind of forgot that was in this. And then I was like, oh, yes, yeah, she's back. And so I, I just I got excited when we were rewatching the season and, and all that stuff happened. Uh, and then, of course, Oliver chopping off Malcolm's hand and everything. It's just like, that's just, that was great stuff. That's classic type of arrow stuff right there.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. She she presents that character uh, with such aloofness and, um, uh, such commitment that, yeah, she's a, she's a joy to watch. Who was not a joy to watch, however, was her minion that was always standing slightly behind her. <laughs> who, for some reason, I just found so distracting and annoying. But yes, I I enjoyed um, Nissa this season for sure.
0: Well, and then uh, quickly we do find out that Ray's not dead. I, uh, I
1: know. The- the dead not dead thing. Oh, yes. Mm. Now this one, this
0: one, um, I loved the way that they did it with the whole like we finally get him becoming the Atom, basically, uh, with his suit and all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And then, of course, he's been he'll be he's brought back basically because he's going to be on Legends. And uh, I again, I I liked that you know we we kind of used that to bring him back. But it's not because we're trying to put him back into the Arrow world. We've already kind of completed his story here. We're just using it to, for something else. Um, and I, I, you know, Brandon Ralph is such a, a joy to watch as Ray. He's so earnest and he's just perfect at it. And so I'm glad that he's not dead personally. Um, Malcolm is a character that if he died, I could be okay with. I'm like, just keep him dead. At this point, At I'm this ready point,
1: for him to yeah. die. I'm, I'm ready for that character to be done. Yeah, no, I, 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 I can totally see where you're coming from. I just For me, I just feel like the more times you do it, even if you remove mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. other ways, you know, now the pit's gone, so it can't happen that way or whatever, you lessen every, the impact of every death that comes after it. Um, so that's another area where I think they really need to be careful in terms of the larger Mm -hmm. universe and what they want to do with it, because people just won't, you know, they'll be, oh yeah, the character died, whatever, you know, and it won't have the emotional impact that the writers are hoping
0: for. Which I guess leads me to a very big question, because somebody very near and dear to the team and to the show does die, and she will not be coming back as that character uh, in that way. Uh, She has other Earth versions of her, uh, but Laurel, is gone. Uh, I remember that first watching of that live and it was pretty impactful to, to think that they're oh wow they're really gonna do this.
1: And it wasn't for me. At that point I I was I, I was eye rolling a little bit. It it didn't have the impact for me because I because I was I was worried. I was like, well, they'll figure out some way, you know, she'll be back some way. Um, so it wasn't as, uh, as impactful. I wasn't as emotional. You know, I'm a total crier. I'll cry at anything. And this, this season really, even though I feel like it wants to have some really big emotional moments, I, I just couldn't connect with it that way. And it, it, none of the big emotional moments that they intended anyway, or at least I think they intended, hit with me.
0: Now, I didn't cry. I did have the reaction that you did, thinking, oh, they'll bring her back. And then when we go to the next episode and Nithsa says she's destroyed the Lazarus pit, I think that's the moment I hit. I was like, wow, no. they really are going to do this. They're going to allow this character to die. And I thought I was okay with it in the sense that I liked how I think that her death hasn't... Her death is the one that would have... and I mean, next to Thea the most impact on Oliver at this point and moving him forward because of the the relationship they've had for so long. Uh, And and so that was the thing where I was like, okay, I'm really interested now to see how they use this character's death. Um, And obviously they use her from Earth too, but she's a completely different, and she's evil there. So when they bring her back, it's definitely not the same anymore because she's she's gone. And uh, I, I like... That they stuck to their guns and were like, "We're going to kill this character, and this is one that's not coming back."
1: Yeah, and it's definitely from a, you know, comic book fan perspective. It's a big, it's a big statement that this is not the DC comic world, because of course that totally uh, nixes that possibility. So right,
0: well, and that's the thing. You know, you have Diana Drake in the comic books, uh, and you have Diana Lance. Uh, and so they both have the same name uh, and they both have kind of the same role <laughs> in a lot of ways uh, as as being somebody that Arrow falls in love with or being the Black Canary. Yeah. So um, it's, it's very interesting for them to make that move um, because it does give you the opportunity uh, to bring in and possibly, if you really wanted to, you know, another another Diana that could be right. Diana Drake. Yeah. You know, yeah. you could have it be different. So, um,
1: yeah, I mean, I
0: just, I, 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 I remember being shocked. Um,
1: it also means they'll never do a Birds of Prey, which is also kind of sad, but whatever. That is
0: true, although they were going to do, uh, I believe, a Birds of Prey in the films, so... Ooh. And with Joss Wheaton doing a Batgirl, Girl, I could totally see them tying all that together. So, uh, that would be pretty fun.
1: That would be good. Uh,
0: yeah. And then I guess, I guess lastly, you know, we have Diggle finding out that his brother has actually been working for Dark the whole time. And that whole thing. Yeah. That. Yeah, that brother. <laughs> man. Um. <laughs> what did What did you end up thinking about that one? Because I I, I thought it was. Interesting to watch Diggle go through something so very personal in this season like that, because this one has been kind of building and simmering below the surface with his brother for a while. And I I, I mean, I, w- I was glad that they finally just did something with it.
1: Right. I, um... I liked the I always well not always but I mostly always like a good the family you choose versus the family you're born with store a story so th- this was sort of an interesting play on that theme. Um, again, I I, f- I felt like they they tried to push the on again off again like just one on again off again too far in terms of is he or isn't he, is he or isn't he, is he or isn't he. Um, so by the time they reveal whether he is or isn't, I'm I'm just a little bit past done, you know. And if they would have just backed it up a few more, um, it, again, it would have had more impact for me. I feel like they pushed so many of those for me in this season. Just just one too far. Just pull it back one. But I, uh, like I said, I enj- I enjoyed that storyline as 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 much as I could. And I think one of my favorite lines that I remember from the from the series is uh, from this season is Diggle says something like, you know, I'm here for my brother pause the green one or something like that do you remember yeah. that line yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, for some reason yes. that's the line i remember from the whole season
0: <laughs> no that's absolutely funny and and uh, you know they're brothers from another mother <laughs> uh, and uh it it i think that's the thing that they 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 do with that storyline is they show obviously diggle has always been about family and Oliver and him have the struggles at the beginning of the season uh, with him being able to trust him again. And they again become brothers by the end, totally trust each other. Um, you know, uh, and I thought it was interesting too. You know, Oliver's the one who tells Diggle to trust his brother in the first place. Right. And then he begins to mistrust him. And then it's, you know, Diggle who's like, no, back off. This is my brother. You know, all of that stuff. And so what. What I thought what made the Diggle story interesting with his brother is what it did for him and Oliver and and the way they kind of come together in the end and, and are like they're able to work through a lot of those issues that they've had in the past together through this. And I thought that was that was kind of nice. Um, I do agree with you that there's a lot of this season where they there's a little bit too much will they, won't they stuff? And the season is really full, as we've been talking about. I mean, there's so many more things that happen in the season that we haven't even mentioned. Yeah. Uh, those are just the main storylines. And so it, it's one of those things where it's kind of hard to connect, I think, sometimes because there's too much. And that's a fine balance to, to make in a, in a comic book show. Uh, and in and, and any form really in it in a film or whatever. Yeah, you any need kind to make of storytelling. Sure there's a, a good a good balance. And sometimes they they miss it a little bit in this season. And I think maybe that's as we've kind of been talking about, I think that's maybe one of the reasons that it maybe didn't work as well for everyone, but just because there was just so much there and then sometimes there was a little bit too much. Back and forth with the storylines instead of maybe being a little bit more straightforward. I I don't know if yeah. that makes sense.
1: No, I think it does make good sense. And for for me, I think maybe the way that I would define it for myself is that I it makes me not trust the writers room. You know, because if you're going to do me on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again with practically every main character in the in the um, group, um, I I will I'm going to. I'm going to trust you less as a writer who's going to lead me down a good story path. Um, and I, I think maybe, maybe we've sussed out perhaps why I did struggle with my attention with this season. As I, as I had talked about in a little bit in the pre-show, it was, it was hard for me to stay engaged and I would find myself becoming easily distracted. Um, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why
0: watching you know one of the things like watching the extras and 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 having listened to to the writers I definitely know that their goal and and they talked about you know we really just our goal is to try and hit it out of the park every time um, and so what I appreciate about most of these shows and, and specifically arrow uh, is that they've always been swinging for the fences and sometimes the miss you know or sometimes it's just a you know, a double instead of a home run, you know. Um, But I always know that they really do have the show and entertaining the fans at heart. Uh, And so, and I will say this, um, again, I feel like Arrow season five, it, it totally takes everything that's happened through all the four seasons before it and really works to make that Something where it's like, even if it wasn't your favorite part of the show, it really works to kind of mold it all into one thing. And I think I, I don't know, I feel like I'm really inarticulate tonight, but I, I, I definitely enjoyed this season for the most part. And even, um, you know, even liked um, the island story, which we haven't really talked about yet. Uh, I thought that was really interesting of of Oliver going back to the island on purpose because he doesn't feel ready to go home, because he feels like he's just somebody that he can't be in basically polite society. <laughs> um, uh, and he ends up in another situation where he has to make all of these horrible choices, um, sometimes one seeming worse than the other, and of course it all connects with the the magic and everything that's happening. Um, and I actually really enjoyed that, especially as they use that mirror of him having to kill for the greater good his friend at the end who's begging him that, that he'll kill her because of what she could do, what she could become. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just uh, I, I thought I, the season in the end I think works well enough for me. Um, that I got, I became excited to see where they go next. And as we talked about the, the the villain, I think did enough for me to to really make this a worthwhile investment for you know the twenty three episodes.
1: Yeah, no, it, I will. Yeah, I mean I can't be anything but honest. Obviously that it it was a it, at times it was a bit of a struggle for me to hold my attention. Not to say that there weren't episodes that I really did enjoy, and there weren't storylines that I found interesting and i certainly don't uh, i'm you know i'm not in the hater camp or anything like that i just i just did struggle with um staying engaged in this and i i feel like for me to stay committed to watching the show season five really doesn't need to deliver on what you're saying it delivers for me of course because it's a different experience for me than you obviously um for as it is for everyone um because i I feel like I need to see that commitment of let's close up some of these old storylines <laughs> and get moving in this new fresh direction, um, or they're going to lose me. So I'll I'll be interested to see what season five has to has to offer.
0: Yeah, I'm in, I, I It's going to be a fun one to talk about. I, I'm actually, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and I'm excited to to talk about that one. Uh, when we get there. So um, it'll probably be next year before we do, just because we have too much coming up on the <laughs> 602 Club before then. Um, if you um, uh, if you were going to rate season four, do you think you, you, there, you got a rating for this one?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, that's a tough one for me. I, I would give it maybe six out of ten emotional flip-flops. <laughs> I love that. That's absolutely <laughs> awesome. Oh gosh, um, and I'm I'm not that
0: really I'm really not that far away from you. I'm going to say that this is seven out of ten. Uh, evil Idols, um, you know, it's it's definitely not a perfect season, but I I did enjoy it and I did enjoy the rewatch. Uh, and again, I I can't say this enough. I I think that they make these shows worth rewatching. Um, With all the things that they do put in them and the ways in which they do try to connect the different episodes and the different seasons and, you know, the way they'll subtly set up the next season if you're paying attention. So um, I think that's one of the things where um, not everything is always going to hit. And and we talked even before we started recording, you know, it's kind of like comic book runs, you know, you'll get one that's just amazing. Uh, and then the next one maybe isn't quite as amazing, but it's good, you know. And then the next one is better than that one, and then the next one is like the worst you've ever read, you know. And you know, it's just it's part of the uh, the enjoyment of being a comic book fan. And then comic book TV is very much like that too. So, um, yeah, it's it's been fun. I'm really glad we got. It. I'm I'm ready to go watch season five now. So, um, <laughs> but um, we have too much coming up on the 602 club we'll be covering the uh newer planet of the apes films so we work to towards the latest one we've got things like uh, the new spider-man dunkirk uh valerian city of a thousand planets we're going to be talking about flash season two uh legends of tomorrow season one more bond star wars stuff i mean it's it's just going to continue to be an awesome year and i really appreciate everybody joining us Um, Heck, I really want to thank our associate producers here through Patreon, Ken Tripp and Davis Grayson for making sure that this show and all of the shows here keep coming to you each and every week. Uh, Now, Patreon is really important to us here at the 602 Club because this is a really expensive thing to do. Uh, Taking a network like this with all the shows we have there's no way that we can afford it by ourselves and so go to patreon.com slash trek fm and you can see how you can become part of the team and make sure all the shows that we do keep coming to you each and every day ad free so um uh, make sure that happens on patreon.com slash trek fm alice it's been too long and it should not be so long <laughs> next time thank you so much for joining me as always and um let everyone know where they can find you uh, online if they want to talk anything geeky because uh, you're you're a plethora of geek joy.
1: <laughs> wow. I think that's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me, Matt. Um, I am generally found on the uh, internets uh, by searching ALCBKR. Um, and I do occasionally jump on the Babel conference, uh, especially to talk about the shows that I've participated in, uh, and always find those um, conversations interesting and lively. So please, please uh, uh, find me. And I am currently uh, recording some conversations with my older sister Anne, who's the person who got me into reading science fiction, uh, and we're reading through all of the Hugo and Nebula award-winning books um, from the beginning. Um, so we are awesome. recording those. <laughs> but, but but I'm I. Having learned some lessons about how hard and expensive this, these endeavors are, uh, we probably won't be publishing those until uh, sometime next year when we have quite a large bank of them uh, saved up <laughs> and ready to publish on a nice slow schedule. Awesome. <laughs> oh, that's
0: great! Though uh, I'm excited. That's a that's a great idea to talk through because um, some incredible books in those runs. So absolutely. Well, everybody, you can find me on Twitter at MattRushing02. And I'm also on Instagram, m rushing. I am here on the network uh, talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine with Chris Jones on The Orb. You can find me on the Nerd Party Network, where I do aggressive negotiations with John Mills, where we talk some Star Wars. It's, it, I mean... It's so much fun. Just, just join us. Uh, please do. You're gonna, you're gonna enjoy the show. Uh, and then, of course, I'm with Drea Kaufman over on Owl Post, a Harry Potter podcast, as we are walking through each and every chapter of the Harry Potter series. And it has been a blast. I love doing that show. I love being in the Harry Potter series. And we're in the Chamber of Secrets. So, uh, and don't worry if you're just a novice at Harry Potter or a Muggle we've got you covered. Uh, If you are somebody who is a super wizard fan, we've got you covered too. Uh, It's the perfect show for everyone. And then I have one more show that's just started. It's called Cinema Stories, and that is all about film through the lens of faith. And I hope you will check that out. And you can find all of those shows on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you get your podcasts. So I just uh, hope you'll look them up and let me know what you think. Well thank you so much for joining us and y'all come back down you hear.